Alrighty, welcome back to The Ferment, everyone. I'm here with Caroline Brown. How are you, Caroline? I'm great, Harry. How are you? Good, thank you. Where are you reporting from today? Uh, just still working from home like a good girl, doing what the uh, Victorian government is telling us to do. So, yeah, I'm just kind of easing into it now. It feel, feels normal. I'm now feeling very, very naughty because I've, I've <laughs> snuck into work today and I'm back in Studio One. It's very exciting to actually see some people, <laughs> talk to people uh, yeah. outside of my family group, which is really lovely. I just said to Caroline, for our listeners' uh, benefit, for our interviewee this morning, I've done all the right things. I've left some sachets of alcohol wipes uh, around the room here, cleaned everything down, ready to go, so there's no contamination for our amazing guests that we're brought in. In. Had your temperature checked? Had my temperature checked. I did actually went very low. I, um, we had to go a couple of times because I'm pretty sure 33.5. You might be in uh, some sort of hypothermic uh, Ooh, situation. Sounds, like, sounds like you have a very cold heart. Yeah, well, that's what my wife tells me all the time. So <laughs> it's confirmed by the thermometer. <laughs> uh, now, for those that didn't guess, the voice that came through before, we're here with Neil Dixon. How are you, Neil? I'm very good, thanks, Harry. That's good. A few little nervous looks around. Uh, yes. yeah. I'm very happy to be here, though. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. You must be one of our longest-standing employees, I reckon, Neil. What are we up to now? Just ticked over 30 years. 30 years. So joined in 1990? Correct. Amazing. And CB, uh, you would have been, <laughs> what, about prep back then? Yep, I was in prep. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fair. That makes me feel yeah. a lot older than what I actually feel. But that's okay because I was almost finished high school, so we, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, no, feel feel much better now, feel much better. <laughs> so Neil, you started off your career with us. It was definitely Brown Brothers, not Brown Family Wine Group back then. So you started off with us in finance, in accounts receivable. Then you moved into accounts payable. You worked a short stint in payroll, and we're wondering why it was so short. You might tell us a little more about that. But then you moved into the IT department in a user support role. So that was pretty much the majority of your career at Brown Family Wine Group, but for the last eight years, you've managed the customer service department. So you've experienced a lot of different areas in the business. We all know you're always willing to help anyone out if they've got a problem. You probably know all of the office gossip (laughs) and no doubt have heard a lot of weird and wonderful stories in your role. Yes, that is very correct. And I did start off in accounts receivable. So the first few years of being in finance, it's funny really because I spent a lot of the time actually relieving maternity positions. So it was all about whoever got pregnant. And luckily there was a lot of young women around at the moment who were getting pregnant. So there was always a job for me. So I moved from (laughs) one area to the other. I started off in accounts receivable, then accounts payable. Then I think it was... Maybe Jenny Henwood went on maternity leave, so that was why the payroll stint was only short. It had nothing to do with my ability of paying people (laughs) or or paying wrong people or anything like that. So that explains that. And then I think it might have been Kay Muller that went on maternity leave next and then there was a role came up in support. Of course, back in those days, we didn't have too many computers around and it was green screens terminals that we were using. (laughs) I can remember we used to be here, like at the end of the month, we used to have to close off and then we used to have to do all the sales reports and finance reports. And we would be here until sometimes one or two o'clock in the morning, printing off reports on the old line printers. So, you know, those triplicate paper, we had boxes and boxes of paper. You'd be sitting at your desk, you could hear that printer get stuck or something like that. (laughs) No, not again. Go and have a look. (laughs) 
stuck, you'd have to start it again, you know, print off. The, port, the amount of trees we must have <laughs> dealt with is incredible. And then put the reports on everyone's desk in the morning and then off we'd go home. So that was uh, a lot of fun. Now, Neil, just before you move on to the next bit, your maternity leave roles that you, you did, I, I was lucky enough to catch up with Kay Muller who did mention that you might have filled in for both Jen and Kay at some stage and they said that uh, might have been a bit of a challenge, the training that they put you through and something about a ruler if you weren't listening properly. Is this correct? That's correct. That was Jenny Hamwood. She was a hard taskman. <laughs> a role, of course, is very important and yeah. you have to get, it was drilled into me that you have to get everything spot on, of course. <laughs> But she was a hard taskmaster. You know, and at times she'd run out of patience. Luckily, we uh, all got on very well. It was always a bit of a laugh afterwards. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was we had some fun. Yeah, and I must admit, we had some in those days. We we had a lot of fun at the Christmas parties and yeah, good times. We we're all young and yeah, good fun. So is that a bit like conference? What happens at the it Christmas was. party stays well, at the Christmas party. <laughs> you know, it's funny those Christmas parties, and I was thinking the other day, even you know. Some of the dress-ups and things like that. I remember we had one that we had, the theme was BB. And I can remember Mrs Brown came along and she uh, came with big boobs and a big bum. Oh, dear. So, oh, wow. <laughs> it was funny. We just had a lot of fun. It was all good Good fun. So, Neil, that's a bit about your time working with Brown Brothers, which we'll probably touch on a little bit more as we go through, but... What about your early life? Where did you grow up and school and those sorts of things? I'm local, true local. So, yes, I was born and raised in Whitfield. My family had the general store in those days and that was a family business that had been my great-grandfather, my grandfather, then dad, then my father had it. So that was three generations. It was a great place to grow up, you know, it was... Like a lot of the stuff that you see on social media these days, you know, about when we were young and we were able to do this and do that and get on your bike and head off for the day. And that was that was what we did. Probably very sheltered. We didn't move around as much as what everyone does these days. But in those days, Whitfield was... They were building the dam at William Hovel. So actually, when I went to primary school, there was probably over 100, 100 kids at the school up there. So it was really... You know, there was a lot of people around. And... During that time, I guess we had a lot of tobacco was big. So we had a lot of the Italians around, the migrants, you know, they used to come and do the tobacco, then go for six months and come back again and had a lot of that. That was always interesting. One of the interesting things about that, I guess, is, you know, back then I can remember kids coming to school with salami. What is, you know, what is that? But now here we are these days. Every time of year we're all making it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, so it's... uh, that's been interesting. And the transition from tobacco to grapes, of course, was was an interesting one to sort of watch and be involved in a little bit, I suppose, you know. Kids were used to sort of 17, 18, you'd be either picking tobacco for school holidays or you'd pick grapes or I must admit I never liked picking grapes, but um, that was with Guy Darling, so did a little bit of that. You know, the shop life was interesting. Back in those days, we used to do deliveries. So people used to ring up, put in their order, and then we'd drive around twice twice a week, I think it used to be, sort of five, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Dad had load up this little old van we had, and we'd go around the district and deliver everyone's groceries. Wow. So I can remember sort of Franny, Franny Amitsbowl, for example, I lived over at Iapa. We used to go around there and 
deliver their groceries and all that sort of stuff. It was a little bit of a social thing, I suppose. If you come to you know, people from the shop to deliver your weekly groceries. Yeah, so it was always interesting. And what was the Whitfield town like? If there were so many people sort of there at that time, was it like so, you know, now you've got the Whitfield pub, there's like a bakery, the store, like what, what was there at that yep, time? So was it still had, pretty similar? Yeah, there was two, there was our shop, there was two shops, uh, two garages, there was the bakery at the, that was open then, the pub, I guess that was, that was probably it because when they were building the dam, there was actually a lot of houses built that have since gone and where the caravan park is when you drive into town was all were all houses in there because uh, and then they picked them in those days once they finished the dam they'd pick up those houses and transport them off somewhere else mm. yeah so it was um yeah, sort of vibrant i guess and what about school were you at school up there as well i went to primary school there of course yeah so um from there went to the wangaratta technical college can't say my school life was Oh, I enjoyed school life, but I can't say I was a great academic. Probably didn't pay enough attention to it. And in those days, your parents didn't really even push you to do that. You know, it was sort of just off you go to school and you sort that out yourself. And if you want to do it, you do it. And, you know, I didn't find school difficult, but I probably didn't certainly excel at it. And I, when I did year five and six or year 11 and 12, that was... You did that at the senior college, which is where the TAFE is now in Wangaratta. Mm-hmm. So year five and six were there on your own. And when you got there, it was basically in those days, I guess that was late 70s. It was, if you wanted to do it, you did it. If you didn't, it was very cruising. It was good fun. And it was, um, and I was, the kids, the kids must have found some of my old reports. And that was a bit embarrassing. Because uh, <laughs> I, I can remember telling him, oh, yeah, I got accepted to go to uni, you know, to do accounting, which I didn't go. And they said, and then they looked through my reports one day and they said, Dad, you actually only got 50% for accounting. <laughs> did you get accepted to go to college in Melbourne? I said, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> Times have changed. Times have changed. <laughs> uh, classic. You mentioned you didn't go on to university. So what was the idea then, to go back and work in the family business? By then we had... My my father had passed away when I was about 13, 14. So we actually... The shop was sold. So that wasn't it. Funnily enough, my brother, my oldest brother, actually took over the shop again quite a few years later. Huh. So, yeah, and then sold it again. But so, no, the shop wasn't there. So that wasn't an option. So, um I, at the time, once I finished school, I applied for a few jobs, you know, the bank, telecom, things like that. And I thought I'd travel around Australia for a while. But then I got a call to say that I'd got a job at telecom in Benalla. I had gone to Melbourne and worked a little bit down there for six months, but this job came up, so I took that and I was there for nine years at telecom in Benalla. So I did that drive from Wayne to Benalla for nine years. Great. In the, in the days of the old... Highway. Yeah, yeah. Single lane. Single lane up yeah. to Glen Rowan. It was <laughs> I look back and it was dangerous, you know, with yeah. the, the amount of trucks on the road and things like that. Neil, from Telecom in Benalla, did you then get a role at Brown Family Wine Group or were there other things in between and how did you get to the job at Brown Family Wine Group? Well, after being at Telecom for nine years, I decided I wanted to go overseas and do a bit of travel. 
So yeah. I wanted to take two years off and at the time they wouldn't give me leave without pay or they weren't keen to and I guess I'd already made up my mind I wanted to do it you know, and everyone was saying you should hang around 10 years, you know, get your long service leave and that sort of stuff. I thought, oh no, bugger it, I'm going. So, <laughs> so I, I resigned and headed off overseas with, with a mate and actually Kay joined us a couple of months after we left. I had 10, 11 months travelling overseas. So we just, you know, we did the whole UK thing, Egypt through the Middle East, and then Turkey, Greece, that sort of thing. So we just did all that. So had a Amazing. fantastic time. Worked in the UK in a pub for four months or something. So yep, that was all fantastic. So I did that. Then I came home. My intention was to come home for a while and go again. Anyway, I came home and I had to. I really needed to. I just had to get a job. So anyway, I was actually at a mate's. Bucks night out at the North Wang Footy Ground, Harry. All, go. all good, all good things happen out there, Neil. Yeah, of course, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Brendan Shutt happened to be there. And of course, we were having a few beers, blah blah blah. And we were talking to him, and he said, "Oh, there's a job going out at out at Brown Brothers." He said, "Oh, why don't you, you know, come out?" And he said, oh, "And I said, oh, yeah, why not?" You know. So he then contacted me again. I came out and had an interview with uh, Brian Hargraves. Had an interview with him, and that's when I started here at Brown Brothers. So that was just by chance, you know. And I honestly, I wasn't, you know, I was adamant I was going to go go again. But oh, I was here for nine months. Then a role came up, and of course, rest's history, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stayed. Okay, we're back with another Brown Family Wine Group Reflections and I'm here with Romeo Landolfi from South Australia to share a very funny story that he portrayed to me a couple of years ago about a conference pre his time at Brown Family Wine Group. How are you, Romeo? I'm good, thank you, Harry. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Why don't you give our listeners a bit of an idea of what happened? Okay, before Brown Family Wine Group, my first conference I attended was with a pharmaceutical company and the venue was up at Hyakulam up in North Queensland. Now, for those not familiar with the actual venue, the accommodation are the double-storey cabins are situated outside across the whole complex. Where I was located was right next to a forest. So the first morning of the conference, I get up nice and early, and I'm heading towards the window to draw the curtains. And I look towards the bed, and I noticed on top of the bed head, there was something on the wall. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't remember seeing a picture frame the night before above my bed head. So when I drew the curtains across, I, um, I noticed this massive spider. It was the biggest <laughs> spider I have ever seen. It was the size of a main course dinner plate. <laughs> now I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do here? I've got to, I'm going to be late for conference. I've got to get rid of this spider. So I'm going through the whole cabin and I'm looking for a, a can of circus break and I couldn't find any. So I rang up reception and the housekeeper sent the lady out with the um, can of circus break. But before she got there, this spider jumps from the wall onto a lampshade. So on the bedside cabin, I had this lamp and the legs were wrapped around the lampshade <laughs> that they were almost touching the end. That's how big the spider was. Anyway, the, the, and the, casting the, a massive shadow on the roof. <laughs> oh, oh my God, Harry, I was petrified. I was absolutely petrified. The housekeeping lady walked in and she was mocking me a bit. She was giggling and saying, okay, where's this little spider? Where is it? And I'm pointing towards the bedside cabinet. And so she's walking towards there. And what happens? She brushed up against the curtains. And the movement of the curtains made the spider jump from the lampshade back onto the wall. Oh, my God. She screams, <laughs> drops the can, and runs out of the room. And I'm standing <laughs> Left you I'm with standing it. <laughs> there. Oh, my God. I'm standing there saying, this is great. 
the can was so close to the spot I couldn't get to it. So I had to go and get a broomstick out of the closet and I had to use the broomstick to roll the can towards me while I kept an eye on the spider to make sure it doesn't jump on me. <laughs> I finally I finally get the can, I started spraying the spider, it was running all over all over the wall. And I absolutely saturated it with a surface spray. In the meantime, I'm thinking I'm going to be late for this conference. I'm jumped into the bathroom, and I'm popping my head out of the uh, out of the uh, bathroom just checking on the spider. The next thing is I hear this thud, and I looked out, and the spider was gone. So I quickly ran on the other side of the bed, and I see I see the spider hit on the carpet, and it was shriveled up, and the body was the size of a cigarette packet. That's oh, how big it was. It was shriveled. So that was fine. Went to the conference. It wasn't until morning tea, my brother rings me up and he says to me, oh, are you aware that these spiders travel in pairs? And oh. I'm thinking, great. Oh, I said, great. No. That, that does it. That does it. So I went, to, I went back to reception, got another can of surface spray, went back to the room, absolutely intoxicated the room from, from top to bottom, totally. Went back to conference and we didn't get back to our rooms till later that evening. And when I was walking towards the room, I noticed all the windows and doors were open. So I get into the room and there was a note inside my room and he said, Please do not use too much surface spray as the house cleaner could not clean your room. It was too intoxicating. I looked around. Every window and door was wide open, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, any spider could just come straight in from the forest. <laughs> so that week, I got no sleep, Harry. Absolutely no sleep. I had, one, I had one eye open waiting for the second spider to come out. But the funny thing was, it, some of my colleagues didn't believe me until one day we were passing the reception area, and the same housekeeping lady was there. And she told me that was the biggest bird-eating spider she has ever seen, an experience I'll never forget, Harry. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Romeo, for sharing that story on Brown Family Wine Group Reflections. So, Neil, North Bank Footy Oval, just going back there, I know you're a big or you have been a big footy player over your time. Tell us a little bit about your involvement in sport. Sport, I guess, as a kid, I always played Played a lot of tennis, so I was sort of always been involved in tennis from at Whitfield and then later at Edoyapu, which is you know out in the sticks, I suppose. And we were always <laughs> in the Ovens and King Tennis League, which was mass, which was really it was a big thing back in those days. And the tennis was a you know it was great on the weekends. You travelled to Myrtleford Beach, where did a lot of travelling. It was it was great fun. So I played tennis for a a long time, probably only gave up a couple of years ago when the league sort of eventually died out. You know, I had the opportunity to play with my kids, which was always great. You know, that was always, that was fun. They always sort of, they were always, weren't impressed because they didn't think I was uh, competitive enough. They said, Dad, Dad, you could have you could have run that point easy. Why do you keep hitting it back to them? And I said, oh, no, well, just keep it going. <laughs> have a good rally. All right. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so and then played footy of course played footy out at King Valley so you know stuck with that sort of oh, I just loved the social side of it I was not a good footballer played a lot of football in the seconds in the twos early start you know twelve o'clock Harry's probably played all his in the seniors but I played all my, a lot of mine in the twos um, it was always good fun I just loved the footy club you know always had a lot of sort of family I guess growing up where I grew up. There was still a lot of relatives, family around, so knew everybody, was always comfortable there. Lots and lots of fun, good times. You know, the footy club are really a great environment, I believe, for young men and women to be involved in. You know, the kids, made sure the kids all got involved in footy and netball and there's lots of really positive stuff come out of being in footy clubs, even though a lot of people think it's all about drinking and things like that, which... 
does have a little bit of that around it, but you learn, how to, you learn how to do that properly <laughs> and to do the right thing, you know, that sort of thing. So, it, yeah, I love that. I'm still involved in the footy club a bit. I'm now the timekeeper, so the very important role. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I do that. I usually help out where I can, a bit in the bar, stuff like that. And now I've moved on to racquetball in my older age. So a few, mm-hmm. mates, and few mates will usually catch up once a week and play racquetball for a bit of a bit of fun. Um, got some interesting rules when we play that, so that's always, <laughs> yeah, it's good. A few beers on the sidelines. A few beers on the sidelines, you, you yep. know, yep, yep, a few different rules. You do, know, you, do you play here at Millawa or is there a courts up no, where I'm you are? No, Wang. Oh, in Wangaroo. I'm Wang, usually, yep. yeah. It's all, we haven't been able to play, obviously, yeah. the last 13 weeks or whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, so, and love that, that's good. Now, Neil, I understand that at King Valley you're not known as Neil. Correct, I've got a few nicknames, yeah. Nige, is it? Nige, it is, Yes, yeah. and yeah. where did that come from and how did that come oh, about? You know, it's really funny because I hated that. <laughs> and it just, came, it just came from a it came from such a long time ago. It actually came from when I was about probably 13, 14, and it goes back to Paul Hogan's show. There oh, used to be someone, yes. Nigel on there, or Ni- Nigel on it. Okay. <laughs> 11 years of age. No, I'm Nigel, I'm 11 years of age or something like that. Goes back a long time. Anyway, our <laughs> neighbours, their young fellow used to call me that and it annoyed the sh- I just didn't like it. It annoyed me. <laughs> and it went away for years and years and years and then for some reason it came back at the footy club and then it just stuck. Yeah. So, you know, I would have been happy with Dicko most of the time, that sort of thing, which I got a bit of. But, yeah, then that nudge just stuck. So, yeah, it's hung around. That's oh, right. So, sorry to, to Neil because I've just brought it out for our whole Brown family okay. wine group listening. Yeah. <laughs> you might be coughing yeah. a bit yeah, more exactly. of it. exactly. <laughs> Neil who? <laughs> um, one person, oh, Brett McLean loves, he obviously knows someone through the footy club who must have told him that because every time I see him from right across the road getting a coffee, he loves to say, oh, g'day, Nigel, how you going? <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, moving away from sport and back to work for a little bit, tell us a little bit about your current role in customer service and what that involves or what, what it doesn't involve, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's really what it's like, I know. So we come under the sales umbrella, I guess. Yeah, lots and lots of touch points. Throughout the business, I would think we nearly touch everywhere. You know, I've got all the wonderful jobs of the mail run, you know, for example, getting the post, lots of contact with the reps, everyone within the business, with you know, the buyers of Woolworths, Coles, things like that. So there's lots of, gives you the opportunity to get a really good understanding of everyone within the business. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's a bit hard, you know, because you haven't always got the answers, I suppose. And being in customer service, you sort of alluded to something earlier. You always want to try and help people out and assist people. That's not always possible. But, yeah, I, I've loved it. I sort of obviously must be what I need to do or something because it's always where I've sort of gone to that point where communicating with people and trying to help out and things like that. So I, I love it. Sometimes it gets a... It's a little bit difficult, but no, no, it's good. Love it. Well, you, you just have to be nice to people all the time, Neil. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's been quite funny with, you know, currently with COVID because the phones sort of been answering a lot of the phones here because it's just easier. And I must admit, just telling people, no, we're not open, look, 
when are we get, when are you going to be open? Do you think you'll be open in August? Do you think we'll be able to come? You know, and start off really nice, I must say, and have a nice chat to people and how you're going. And and after a while, I think, come on, guys, you know the answer to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really it is quite difficult to to stay on top of that. I think, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll open when the Premier tells us we can. <laughs> and uh, I recently moved down to the customer service wing yes. and it's been an absolutely brilliant move because the there's a fair bit of banter that goes on uh, you know, um, from out of offices and into the main uh, customer service area and within the main customer service area. There's always a bit of morning tea, which um, doesn't help your waistline very no, much, Neil, no, but it's a, very, it's a bonus part of that. And it's a, but it's a dynamic team that you've got there that they just seem to get along so well and the atmosphere is always you know, brilliant. Whether there are those tough phone calls, Everyone seems to just have a bit of a laugh about it and move on and, and have a bit of a joke and away they go. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, I must admit, they're a great group. I wouldn't have thought it was always um, easy to get about six, seven ladies all in the same group working together and always to be as happy as they are. So that's a bonus. You know, and the best thing for me to do is stay into my office, and just, uh, <laughs> you know, don't stick my head out too often, you know. They all believe it's a bit of a bonus these days because I'm getting deafer and <laughs> can't really hear what's going on. But every now and again I'll say, oh, what, what did you just say? They say did you hear that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did hear that, actually. <laughs> Selective hearing. Selective hearing. <laughs> They're a great bunch. You know, it's funny because sometimes everyone's yap, yap, yapping, but everyone gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And it's, as you said, it's actually much nicer to hear a lot of happy people you know, having a bit of a laugh every now and again and then getting their work done when we need to. Yep. So, yeah, Absolutely. That's the end of part one, everyone. Tune into part two, where Neil goes into some of his most loved conference costumes, as well as some tremendous travel stories that'll get you laughing. So be sure to tune in to part two. Thanks for listening to The Ferment, everyone. Stay safe out there, chase hard, look out for each other.